Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, please text the phrase, My Journey to 94000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute and share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this video on social media could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Is that good? I mean, y'all, y'all give it up for Hope Inspired Ministries. That's one of the ministries that we support that's right here in our in our backyard. And uh, so you guys uh, giving to that, uh, you're, man, you're offering hope uh, to a lot of people who don't have any. And so, uh, man, we love to be able to celebrate the miracles. That's what today is about, is celebrating the miracles of life change. We've already seen, uh, like I said, nine people go through the waters of baptism today. In the first service, we had two people uh, put their faith in, sal- in Christ for salvation that's a doggone good day already, right? I mean, golly, God is good, and uh, He is doing some incredible things here in our church and through our church. And so I just want to say thank you to you guys for what you've done. So Celebrate the Miracles is this. What we do is we, we take this day and we celebrate in a special way what God has done in the year behind us. In other words, 2020 is a year that's been tough to get things done, it seems like. It's just been different. But God has been at work in, in some amazing ways, so we take the time to celebrate what God has done. We celebrate what God is doing. So here we are in the moment today experiencing what God is doing. So if you're online, you're watching, and you know, some of the stuff that we've been able to do this year, you know, is a result of, you know, new things like being online. We weren't online before. So God's doing some new things. So currently, what, you know, we want to celebrate what God is doing. And then here's the thing, what does God have in store for us? And we, we said last year that we felt like God was going to be doing some new things in, in 2020, and boy, has he. And so we are, we're celebrating those things. So that's what we do. So I want to be clear about celebrate the miracles. It is celebrating the miracles of, uh, that God has done. It's not celebrating just the church. It's celebrating what God has done. And so the way, the way we do that is we celebrate Jesus. I mean, we celebrate the finished work of Christ. That's what we do. We, we celebrate what Jesus is doing in people's hearts, what he's doing in their lives. We celebrate him. We celebrate him just like we saw last week. You know, what is Christmas really about? What is the meaning of Christmas? It's love. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that we might live, that we might have eternal life. I, I heard John just say, you know, when we want these people to understand that God has a purpose for their life. If you're here today, if you're watching online, we want you to know God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He wants to be involved in the decisions of your life. And he wants to work in you and through you in, in, in an incredible way that changes lives. If you saw the testimony of Harold and Lauren, you know, that, that was, that's an incredible picture of someone who... Man, heard the gospel, was challenged, they responded to it, and then they said, hey, listen, I want to tell other people about it. And as they began to tell their family, man, their family was like, I need Jesus. I want to follow Christ in believer's baptism. And so, man, to see a family impacted because one was faithful, one was willing to surrender to that. And so when we, we, what we do is we celebrate Jesus. We saw this last week, you know, in, in the gospel of Luke. Here we are at this time of the year, we celebrate, you know, what takes place, but we see the, the angel speaking to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. It's one of our favorite verses to read. 
But he says, don't be afraid. And I think, again, we need to reiterate that. Don't be afraid. I know this year is different. I know that things have been crazy. But don't be afraid because there is hope. And he, he said this to the shepherds. He says, I bring you good news. Do you know what the gospel is? The gospel, that's what that word means. Gospel means good news. And so the good news that the world needs to hear is that. It is that Jesus Christ has left heaven. He has come to earth. And we celebrate the, his birth. That's, that's Christmas, right? We celebrate God's incredible love for all of mankind. That he provided a way that we could be in right standing with God through his son, Jesus and so the angels are saying, hey, man, listen, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. That's the gospel that will bring great joy to all people, to everyone. And the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snuggling in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And, and so that's what we do. We gather together. We celebrate Jesus. And so if you're wondering, hey, what is Celebrate the Miracles about? Is it about just a big offering? No. It's about we want to celebrate who Christ is. We celebrate who Jesus is. We celebrate what he's doing in people's lives. We celebrate lives being changed. The young lady, Sarah, who was just baptized, I just got to talk to her just a little bit backstage after she came out of baptism. You know, she walks down and she's crying. Tony's like, man, don't make me cry. Well, I think all of us are probably getting a little choked up on that. But, man, she said, you know what? She goes, I, I just can't tell you how much God has done in my life. And I'm like, dude, we can see it. That's what we should be able to do. We should be able to see what God is doing in your life. And other people will celebrate what Jesus is doing in you. And so we as a church get to celebrate her going through the waters of baptism, her going public with her faith, her letting everybody know, you know what, man? He's changing me. He's transforming me. And so we love that. So Luke is, is just an incredible passage. When we look at this, look at this next one here. We celebrate souls being saved. Man, I love to see someone go from death unto life. I don't know about you, but, you know, I always always wonder when I walk up on a, a football field or a baseball field or a soccer field, I always wonder, you know, I see it like a mission field. I wonder how many of these people know Christ. How many of these people, will, when they breathe their last, will breathe heaven for the first time? How many of these people will, will, they know that they have a relationship with God. They know that they're saved. They know that, you know what, they've been born again. And then I wonder how many don't. And maybe for you, maybe you're one of those who you go, man, I wish I knew. You can know. You can know. You can have that peace that passes understanding. You can receive Christ. And, and it's not anything that you earn or you work for. It's a gift. It's a gift that we receive. But these lives should be changed. And so we celebrate souls being saved. And I love this passage here. It says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. There ought to be some change there, right? If, if you've accepted Christ, you've, you've given him your heart, you've given him your life, there ought to be a change in you, no matter how young or how old you might be. And the rest of the people around you, the family, the friends, the coworkers, and everybody, they ought to be able to see that there's something different about you. They see that change. Look at the rest of this. It says, and all of this is a gift from God. It's a gift, right? We don't earn it. It's a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. It's our job, the church, to be on mission, to, to literally celebrate souls being saved, but also presenting the gospel, the good news. To bring them back to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. God gave us, the church, 
this message of reconciliation. We want to see people reconciled to God. You know, that they have literally been redeemed. Their lives have been changed. And so here's some good news. Let me share this, this number with you. 100 salvations here in our church and online this past year. Let's give God some praise for that. 100 professions of faith. And, and, and actually, it was probably 102, counting the two this morning in our service. I don't know about online. But if, the, if you did online, let us know. We want to know. So we celebrate that. So let me just say this. The average size church in America is about 78 to 80 people. So God, through your faithfulness, you sharing your faith, you inviting your friends, by the gospel being presented and people hearing it, there was literally over a 100 salvations that took place. A 100 souls were saved. So we celebrate that, right? As a church, we celebrate that. And so the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices if one will call on his name to be redeemed. That all of heaven is rejoicing if one. So the two people over here this morning, the two young ladies that put their faith in Christ, it says that all of heaven was rejoicing if just one did. And so we as a church, we take the time to celebrate souls being saved. Now here's the thing. We saw that just here in our church and online. And look at this. Thousands more through the ministry that we support. So through ministries like Christian Missions Unlimited, you know, our, our, our hope-inspired ministries, our flatline church. And we posted a few videos, like I said, this week. And I want you guys to do this. I want you to share those videos with people. It's not to give Journey any praise or glory, but to, hey, let me, let me share with you what God is doing. Let me, let me share with you what some of the ministries that are taking place out there where souls are being saved and lives are being changed. And so we celebrate, we celebrate souls being, being, being changed or being saved, and we celebrate ministry. We celebrate those ministries. You know, ministry is what I'm supposed to be equipping you guys to do, right? The pastor's job is to equip the people for the works of ministry. So the better job that I can do of equipping you and preparing you and sending you out to do ministry, the more impact we have. And so the church is supposed to be about ministry. And that church not as in a building. You know, the church is not the building. The church is what? It's you guys. It's us, right? It's believers. It's those who have put their faith in Christ. Those of us who have been saved, we are the church. And so we celebrate the ministry that God is doing through you. There are some of you that are reaching out to friends. There are some of you that are telling your friends about it. Just like in the testimony video, we saw where, I mean, someone had, had received Christ, and hey, I want my family to know. And then the family's like, hey, I want what you've got. And that's the way it works. So if we're intentional about sharing our faith, God, I'm telling you, God will use us as an ambassador, as a representation in the lives of the people around us. And so it's important for us to do that. So we celebrate ministry. Look at this statement here. Ministry is meeting the needs of others with God's love. Ministry is meeting the needs of others with God's love. And so, in other words, there may be a physical need. We meet that need and we do it because God loves us and we want these people to know that God loves them. And God has told us to love them and to help them and to give and to share. And, and so ministry is doing that. So we, we celebrate ministry. We love to see ministry taking place. There's nothing better for me as a pastor to hear that someone in a life group is going through a tough time and how that life group has rallied around them to help them or to walk with them because that's what ministry is supposed to do. A lot of times people think the ministry is, hey, it's what I do or it's what Daniel or Brandon or some of us do. Oh, that's ministry. No, no, ministry is when we, as the church, as the body of Christ, we meet the needs of others with love, with God's love. And so here's the thing, the ministry can explode if all of us are on mission and we're literally saying, hey, listen, I am a minister and God has called me to minister to the people around me. So we celebrate that when that takes place. Here's another one. We celebrate Jesus and discipleship when. And I want you to kind of remember this statement because we're going to walk through with some different pieces and parts of that. 
So we celebrate Jesus. That's what we've gathered for. And actually, every Sunday is a day of celebration. You know, we gather and we corporately, uh, we, we worship who Jesus is. We celebrate who he is. But let me just say this. Every day really should be a day of celebration for the believer. That every day we look for ways to celebrate who he is. And so as we are going about life, as we're doing life, we should be living in celebration, focused on who he is and what his mission is. And so when we, we see the Great Commission, you know, we see some of that fulfilled today, right? We, it says, hey, you know, go and baptize. Go and make disciples. And so baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we just saw that happen. People were doing part of the baptism, I mean, part of the Great Commission. Let me just say this. That is not what saves you. Everybody hear me on that. that. Baptism is not what saves you. It is the public declaration. It is their, they're letting everybody know, hey, I have been saved. I put my faith in the finished work of Christ. I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross. I put my faith in the fact that he conquered death. He conquered the grave. He conquered everything. And he offers to me eternal life. And I have received it by faith. And so that's how you get saved. And then you go public letting everybody know, right? So we celebrate Jesus when we're obedient to those things. And when we, and here's the thing, we celebrate Jesus and discipleship, which is the other part of the Great Commission. Because if the church only sees people get baptized and we never disciple them, we've missed a bulk of the Great Commission. Our job, and again, the church is who? It's all of us, right? If we only see people get saved, but we don't ever see anybody disciple them or teach them or, or equip them, then we've missed a big part of that. So here's, here's how we celebrate Jesus and discipleship when we put Jesus first in all things. When we as individuals put Jesus first in all things, we're saying, you know what, Jesus, you're first. You come before anything. You come before retirement. You come before the American dream. You come before popularity. You come before fitting in. Jesus, you are first in everything. And so for you and your family, whenever you say, hey, listen, we're going to make this decision, Jesus has to be the first one that is considered in all decisions. It's not about what everybody else thinks. It's, hey, what does Jesus say? And what does Jesus think? So we celebrate Jesus when we put him first. Because if he's really Lord, here's the thing, then he is in first place, right? There's no second place or third place or fourth place if Jesus is Lord of your life. There's only one that's first. And so when we say Jesus is Lord, he is in first place. He, he is the, the focus of our lives. And look at what it says in this passage here. It says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples. This is Jesus speaking now. He says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross and follow me. So Jesus said, hey, listen, here I am. And here's my disciples. If any of you guys want to be part of this, this is what you got to do. I mean, that's pretty strong. Jesus said, hey, listen, if you really want to, if you really want to follow me, you got to die to some things. You got to take up your cross. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. Jesus wasn't trying to be easy. I think too often in our culture today, we want easy. Where's the easy button, right? And Jesus wasn't making it easy. He was making it clear. There is a cost involved. It costs you everything. It costs you your life. Then, uh, let me read it again. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Look at the next verse. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. So if you're trying to hang on to everything, and you're trying to gather all this stuff together, you're trying to hang on to it, he's saying, hey, listen, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose it all. And so what? too often what we do is we, we get our focus on, hey, I've got to gather stuff. I've got to get all these things together. I've got to have money, and I've got to have things, and I've got to have stuff. And it's all about this stuff. And he says, hey, listen, if you're trying to hang on to all of this, and even your own life, you're going to lose it. 
you're going to lose it. But if you give it to me, then you're going to really live. Then you will save it. Look at the next verse here. It says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is gold worth more than your soul? Is diamonds worth more than your soul? Is a house, land, acceptance, popularity? Is there anything worth your soul? In other words, you could have all that the world has to offer, but when you breathe your last breath, you don't breathe the first breath in heaven. You bust hell wide open, and you don't take any that you've collected with you. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, man, is, is there anything worth more than your soul? Your soul is what matters. I mean, Jesus left heaven to come here to redeem our souls, to save our souls. But too often, our focus is on other things. It says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, that sounds like 2020, doesn't it? The Son of Man will be ashamed of that person. And when he returns, when he returns to in the in glory of his Father with the holy angels, what he's saying and listen, if you're ashamed of me here, he's saying, listen, you don't really trust me. You don't really love me, and you're really not following me. And he's making it clear. He said, listen, if you really love me, and if I'm really the Lord of your life, you're not ashamed of me. If anything, you're telling people about me. Look at the statement here. It says our focus should be on our Lord and pleasing him in every area of our lives. If we really love Jesus, if we really want to celebrate who he is, then we're obedient and we're also doing everything we can to honor Him. If we really love somebody, you want to honor them, right? You don't want to belittle them. You don't want to shame them. You doggone sure don't want to hide them. You don't want, you don't want, it's not one of those things where, hey, I don't want anybody to know that I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. I don't want anybody to know that I really love the Lord, but yet you claim to be a Christian. So what He's saying, listen, if you're ashamed of me, then you really don't love me. And so the question is, is do we really love Him? And so we've got to be willing to say, you know what, I want to focus, my focus should be on, on the Lord. And pleasing Him in every possible way. And look at this next one. We must put off self-centeredness and put on Christ-centeredness. You know, we struggle with being selfish, don't we? I mean, even like the temperature in the house. How many of you guys, you set the temperature for what's comfortable for you and not for your spouse? Most everybody in the room, right? Or your kids. You're not really worried about your kids. They can sweat down. You don't care. You know, whatever. But what we do is we say, hey, listen, it's about me. You go into a restaurant, like I said, you pick a restaurant. Hey, where do y'all want to go? And you act like you don't really care, but you really do. You're just hoping they'll pick the place you want. And whenever they do pick, it's, oh, we're not eating there. We just ate there last week. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what we do, right? So we've got to be willing to die to self-centeredness and say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about putting Christ first. And whenever I put Christ first, I put others first. And when I put others first, God has this incredible way of meeting my needs. And so we've got to be willing to do that. So if we really want to celebrate who Jesus is, we've got to die to self. And we've got to literally put on Christ-centeredness, put it on like clothes. And then here's the next one. If we really want to celebrate Jesus and we really want to celebrate discipleship, we've got to follow Jesus' teachings. If we really want to celebrate who he is, you know, and, and I love the fact that we, we celebrate Jesus like this one day out of the year. We take celebrate the miracles and it's a little bit extra. It's kind of like your birthday, right? I mean, we celebrate life every day, hopefully. But there's one day out of the year that we try to celebrate. Now, there may be things going on, and we may say, hey, listen, we're not going to be able to celebrate your birthday on your birthday. We're going to have to do it on Friday or Saturday or Sunday because our schedule or I have to work, your mom has to work, your dad has to work or whatever. But we take that time to try to celebrate that birthday and make it a big deal. And so with Jesus, we, we try to celebrate who he is. We celebrate the miracles. And we kind of, like I said, look back, we look to now, and we look to the future. And we just celebrate who Jesus is and what he's doing. But... One of the ways that we can really celebrate who he is is by following his teachings. 
It's kind of like for you as a mom or a dad, if you tell your child to do something and they do it, you feel honored. And you usually want to bless them or reward them. So God has given us things to do. He's, he's taught us things. Jesus has made it clear. You're supposed to follow my teaching. And so when we follow Jesus' teaching, you know what we're doing? We're celebrating who Jesus is. Look at what it says here in John. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful in our teachings. If you want to know the litmus test of whether or not you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, are you following his teachings? Not that you've read a little bit of the Bible, not that you go to church, not that you warm a seat every couple of weeks, but that you literally, you follow his teachings. You line up with his word. You line up with what he has said. You said to the people who believed in him, you are, you are my, you're truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In other words, Jesus said, hey, listen, if you know my teachings, you know me. Remember, he, he said that. He said, listen, whenever the, you look back into the Old Testament, you see that it's pointing to the Messiah. It's pointing to me. And, and some of the religious leaders of the day had a hard time with that. But Jesus said, hey, listen, if you know the teaching, then you know me. If you know the Word of God, you know me. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? And so if you know me, you know how to be free. You know how to be made whole. You know how to be healed. You know how to be saved. You know how to be redeemed. And Jesus said, listen, if you know me, and if you've read the Scriptures, they point to me. And so if we're faithful to, to His teachings, if we're faithful to those things, we, we're celebrating Jesus. And then here's the thing. If we're faithful to His teachings, here's the thing. We're fruitful. If we're faithful to the teachings, if we're faithful to, to what Jesus has already taught us to do, then there's, there's fruit in our life. You know, and, and so we have the Holy Spirit who is placed within us. If we've received Christ for salvation, then we have this deposit that has been placed within us called the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit lives within us. He lives in your soul. And so he lives at the very core of who you are. And the Holy Spirit becomes your counselor and your teacher. And he's also praying for you in ways that you don't even understand. And, and so as we're, as we're submitting and surrendering to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our life. Kind of like an orange tree would produce oranges. Or an apple tree would produce apples. The Holy Spirit produces the fruits of the Spirit. And so the more that we submit and surrender to the teachings of Christ and we, we line up with those, those teachings, the Holy Spirit is able to work in us and brings about the fruits of the Spirit. And some of the fruits of the Spirit are love, right? So if we're a believer, if we're a follower of Christ, we're filled with love. We talked about Christmas is all about God's love. And because we are ambassadors for Christ, we, we love people. And we are filled with this incredible love. Love, joy. Man, we have joy. We just got through doing a whole series on joy, choosing joy, right? And so we have joy. And if you don't have joy, but yet you claim to be a believer, maybe you're not lined up with His Word because there's no fruit in your life. And so we've got to have love, joy, peace. Man, we're singing peace all through this year, this season. And so you've got to have peace. And if you don't have peace, maybe you don't have Jesus. But you go down that list of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and, and, and self-control. If you don't have any self-control, you've got to say, man, do I really have Jesus? But the fruit of the Spirit is going to give us this. So look at this. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. And Jesus is saying here, hey, listen, you have to stay connected to me if you really want to produce fruit. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Not just a little bit, but much fruit. In other words, everybody will see the fruit in your life. They'll see the evidence of your relationship with me. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me... Is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. 
When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. This brings great joy, great, great glory to my Father. So what Jesus is saying right there, hey, listen, if you want to know, if, if you're really uh, following my teaching, there should be fruit in your life. And, you'll, and there'll be much fruit. He says again, there'll be much fruit. And this brings great glory to the Father. So how we live our lives should be filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the people around us see that, and it literally glorifies our Father. And our Heavenly Father is honored, and we're celebrating Him by our lifestyle. Here's the other one. Another test is we love other disciples. You know, here we are. We're, we're saying, hey, man, we want to celebrate Jesus. One of the ways that we celebrate Jesus is by loving other believers. And I'm just telling you, there's so many times in life where there'll be someone who claims to follow Christ, who claims to be a believer, they hate someone. And that person claims to be a believer and they claim to follow Christ, but yet there's hate and animosity and, and man, there's anger, there's resentment, there's bitterness between the two of them. And they can't seem to resolve. If you'll remember just a couple of weeks ago in Philippians, Paul is having to address that with a couple of ladies, right? He said, hey, listen, y'all need to work this out. Y'all need, hey, and listen, you, you, my brother, you go and you help them because they were, they were great partners in the ministry. And he said, hey, listen, you got to get this right. You got to fix this. But we are told that we're, we're to love other disciples. The world is going to know our, that we're his followers by our love for one another. That's what Jesus says. Look at what it says here. It says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. That seems pretty clear. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so what Jesus is saying to you and to me, hey, listen, for somebody that you have bitterness, anger, resentment, hate in your heart, you need to get rid of it today, right now. And you need to start loving them. And you need to be willing to forgive them. You've got to be willing to say, hey, listen, will you forgive me? God has forgiven me. I want to forgive you. you and I know there's some of you in the room say, Mike, you don't know what they've done. And I don't, but God does. And he's the one that says that we've got to be willing to forgive. You might say, well, Mike, you don't know what they've done. You don't know how they've hurt me. And I don't. But I'm telling you, God does. And I'll tell you this. You and I, we have hurt God's heart. We have broken his heart. And there's times that we have made wrong choices and bad choices. And we've done things that literally dishonored him, discredited him. And we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, will you forgive us? And he says, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll literally cast as far as the east is from the west. That's a long ways apart. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, I want, you to, I want you to work in me. I want you to change me. And God, help me to love people. Look at this statement here. We're told by Jesus that love of other believers is the evidence of our being a member of God's family. So in other words, if you're wondering, hey, am I saved? Do you love people? Am I saved? Do I have joy? Do, you know, do I care about people? Is it all about me? You know, maybe, maybe you're still living on the outside looking in. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I want some of this. I just don't want all of it. Remember, the rich young ruler wanted some of what Jesus offered, but not all of it. And Jesus says it's either all or nothing. You either give me your whole life or you don't get anything at all. And we think, well, I just want a little bit of Jesus. No, he's like, it's all or nothing. And we've got to kind of get our mind around that. You know what? It's, it's saying, Jesus, I want what you have for me. And so we've got to love others. Even though there may be people that kind of rub us the wrong way, there's certain people that have certain personalities that we go, man, I can only take them in doses. You know, aren't you glad that, you know, Jesus didn't say that about you? But the thing is, is we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to forgive and help me to love people. And God, show me how to, how, how to disciple people. And that's the next one here. We do this. We really love Jesus and we really celebrate discipleship when we are making disciples of others. When we're about that, when we're on mission, when we are being the church, when we're not only leading people to Christ, we're sharing the good news, but we're also discipling them. Man, that's when we're really celebrating Jesus. That's whenever Jesus is like, they get it. They listened. Man, they're doing it. You know, and, and so 
Jesus celebrates us whenever we celebrate Him by making disciples. And so look at what He says here in the Great Commission. Jesus came and told His disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. That's our marching orders, guys. That's our marching orders. That's what we're supposed to be about. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we did this morning, right? Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Is we're supposed to be sharing the gospel. But it's not just my job to do that. It's not Pastor Dwayne's job to do that. It's not John Bowman's job to do that. It's all of us are to be making disciples. And if you really want to celebrate who Jesus is, then here's the thing. Number one, you give him your life. Number two, here's the other thing. You, then you love others, you follow his teachings, and then you do this. You say, you know what? I'm going to teach someone else what I've been taught. And too often, there's too many Christians that make excuses and they just say, well, I don't know enough. Well, then learn more. And teach them what you already know. If you know enough how to, if you know enough to be saved, you know enough to share with someone. And so what we've got to do is we've got to get out of our comfort zone. And we've got to be willing to take steps. We've got to be willing to reach out. And we've got to be willing to share the good news and then teach those people how to grow up, how to mature, how to develop and become faithful followers of Christ. Here's some next steps maybe for you today. And this, this first one is a no-brainer. I will celebrate Jesus today. Man, every believer everywhere ought to go, you know what? I mean, I just want to celebrate who he is. Kind of like the angels up in the sky, man. They're celebrating the Messiah. The Savior has been born. Praise God. Man, there's people's lives that are being changed. There's souls that are being saved. Praise God. Man, hallelujah. We celebrate that. Every Christian ought to have that mentality. And we look for ways to celebrate who Jesus is. If he saved you, man, I'm just telling you, I don't know about you, man, I never got over it. When I got saved at the age of 19, I never got over it. It still moves me to talk about it. It still moves me to tears when I see someone, you know, receive Christ. There's no greater high than to lead someone to Christ. I'm just telling you. And then to see that person begin to mature and develop and grow into a disciple of Christ. Jesus took 12 guys. He discipled them and he changed the world. Paul invested in guys. He taught them. Timothy. And it changed. It brought the gospel to us. That's how we've heard it. So who will you disciple this year? Who will you pour into that will one day share that good news with someone else and that they will invest in someone else's life? It's that law of multiplication, right? We just said there was a hundred 102, actually, that have put their faith in Christ just in our services and online here. But what if every one of us were sharing our faith like that? What if every one of us were telling someone about Christ? What if every one of us were discipling those that did put their faith in Christ? It would probably be a hundred times or ten times that hundred. And all of us would be able to say, you know what, man? We've been faithful to celebrate who Christ is through discipleship. We've been faithful to celebrate Him and be obedient to the Great Commission. And so we want to celebrate Christ. So here's the next one. I choose to give my life to Jesus today. Maybe you're here today and you've never been saved. You've never put your faith in Christ. Then let today be the day of salvation for you. Maybe you're watching online and you say, today, man, I want to be saved. I want to know that Christ lives within me. I want to know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I know that if I breathe my last breath, I will breathe my first breath in heaven. I want to know that. And the Bible says you can know this. You said, I've told you these things that you might know that you have salvation, not that you have to wonder or hope, but you can know it. And so maybe for you, today is the day of salvation. You've already seen, we're going to celebrate it here. 
And you already know that Scripture says that all of heaven rejoices. So what are you waiting on? What are you holding back on? You're not going to get a better deal. You give your life, your broken life to Jesus. He gives you a new life. He gives you a new name. He gives you a new heart. He gives you something that will last for eternity. He gives you hope. He gives you peace. He fills you with love and with joy. What could you ask for more than that? Money can't buy any of that. And so maybe for you today, you choose salvation. Look at the last one. I choose to be a disciple maker for Jesus today. Maybe you've already accepted Christ. But maybe you haven't discipled anybody. So maybe for you today, you say, you know what? It's time for me to celebrate who Christ is by making disciples, by teaching others what I've been taught, by sharing with others what I have, been, what I have received. And so today you decide. It's no longer about these short-term goals that I've placed that have nothing to do with eternity, but I want to be a disciple maker. I want to make a difference in the lives of people, and I want to teach people how to experience all that God has blessed me with. I want to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you've never accepted Christ, maybe that is a decision you need to make today. Maybe you've never received Jesus. You've gone to church. You might even consider yourself religious, but religion, that's man trying to get to God. But you've never accepted Christ because Jesus was God's attempt to connect with man. And so I want to to encourage you to put your faith in Christ today. If you've never made that decision, let that be your decision today. You might say, Mike, that's me. That's a decision I need to make. So let me walk you through those steps. It's real simple. You say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross and you died for me, and I believe that you bled out your precious blood to wash away the sins of the world. I believe that with all the faith that's in me. I believe that you were laid in a borrowed tomb and the power of God resurrected you, and I believe that you defeated death, sin, and the grave. And so, Jesus, I I just want to ask you, will you come into my life and will you forgive me of my sins? And I'm telling you, his answer is yes. So you say, Jesus, will you come into my life? I want to quit living the way I've been living and I want to live for you. That's repentance. I want to line up with your teaching. That's life change right there. And so if you confess your sins and you repent of your sins, he will save you. And he will bring you into his family. And you'll be part of his family. You'll be a part of the church, the bride of Christ. If you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ, if you just asked Jesus to forgive you, if you just asked Jesus to come into your life, I, I want to ask you if you would, would you raise your hand and just say, hey, listen, Mike, I just asked Christ to come into my life. Anybody in the room, just raise your hand. Right here, I see your hand. That's awesome. Praise God for salvation. Anybody else? Yeah, anybody else? Raise your hand. Anybody else? If you're online, man, if you, if you just made that prayer, you prayed that prayer and you received Christ, if you would text us and let us know. We want to know. We want to walk with you. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to walk with you. We want to disciple you. That's what the Great Commission says. Anybody else? If you put your faith in Christ, raise your hand. I'd, li- I'd just like to know. All right, everybody, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you just raise your hand, look up here at me. If you were sincere in that decision, with all the faith that you've got, then here's the thing. You become his child, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life forever. Never to be erased. And here's the thing. He wants you to trust him, not only for salvation, but to follow him. And our job as a church is to come alongside of you and walk with you, to teach you and equip you. And so hopefully one day, you will be leading others to Christ and teaching them what's been taught to you. That's the Great Commission. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for this one who's put her faith in you for salvation. God, I thank you for that. 
I thank you for those that have followed you in believers' baptism today. God, I thank you for the message of the gospel, the good news. I thank you for this church, God, in their heart for missions. God, I know that, Lord Father, this has been a, a year like no other. But, God, you've been at work. There's been souls being saved. Even today we've seen it. God, thank you that you trust us. Thank you that you use us. And, God, we, we literally, we ask you to work in us. Use us this year to take the gospel to places we've never taken it before. And use us to invest in literally support ministries that are on the front lines. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for such an incredible message, Pastor Mike. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it's the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you'll text the phrase, my decision, to the number 94,000, we would love to help you as you began this journey with Christ. Now we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church Giving page. There you can return God's tithe and your offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have several videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience.